everybody. Start your intro again, Damien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's take okay. It the top. So here we go from the top. Uh, so the so let's just do it from the top. So the purpose of this chat, everyone, is to uh, just hang out every Tuesday with uh, Louis and myself, and uh, I guess speaker. This week we've got Brandon McCoy all the way from the USA, and um, we're going to do some chilling out and uh, just uh, throw some charts on and um, just basically give the new people an opportunity to learn some very basic skills and also uh, give everyone an opportunity to share their charts. So it won't just be Lewis and myself sharing things. It'll be you guys jumping on, open up your screens, open up your microphone and getting practice talking uh, live on, on the screen. So it's very much a call for the people bit of banter, bit of bullshit in between and happy days. So I'll throw it over to Louis to start again with support and resistance. <laughs> cool. Thanks, bro. So um, just a quick recap. Basically, when, when I start trading, when I'm coming in fresh for a trading session, I'll, um, I'll always open the Bitcoin chart first, try and get a bit of a bias uh, for what I'm looking for. So um, I'll start on a daily. I'll have a look and I'll try and pick an area where we've had daily support, daily resistance. So, um, you know, through this zone here, prices had a had a strong support um around that level since sort of uh june so i consider that like a daily support zone resistance like prices had a bit of difficulty passing that level since in that sort of same time period so that's what i would consider like a daily resistance in that channel there from there i'll go down to the four hour um this is sort of where this is up to before you guys come in so on the four hour, a similar thing, like I'll find that find a zone where um, that I classify as, as resistance. So um, prices had, had a bit of difficulty since sort of the end of last month passing this level here, sort of through this 20,300 zone. I, I don't really like this shit too much. Excuse my language. Like this is like your big, um, your big manipulated moves and that sort of stuff. Moves that come off the back of, um, big market announcements and that sort of stuff. They're your big sort of uh, sporadic spikes and that. And they're, yeah, essentially pure market manipulation as far as I'm concerned. So I, I, I'll take them into consideration, but um, but yeah, if I'm, if I'm looking at data, like looking at ranges and that sort of stuff, then I, I don't really classify them, you know, that importantly. So if, if I'm picking this as my four hour resistance zone, you know, we've got all of this structure through here. We've got a little bit of structure through here. We've had structure through here, through here. So to me, this is a pretty strong four hour level. Um, and yeah, the only time we've sort of gone outside of that zone is is that this manipulated move sort of through here, which was, when was that? Start of September. So um, so yeah, that's that's my, um, my four hour resistance zone through there. So as, uh, one other thing I was saying as well is Lately, I've pretty much only been uh, looking for setups on like the one hour time frame, um, just because like it's the markets have been a bit difficult to, to trade lately. Like this, there's no sort of clear structure through here, um, so I'm sort of looking for shorter time, shorter time frame trades, and I've been doing like a bit of fifteen minute scalping and that sort of stuff too. Um, Delta the Brody strategy and that, so I'm avoiding like higher time frames at the moment because. We're in a, a um, squeeze zone too, like um, I think it's in my object tree, but like the, the current trend, the current downtrend for Bitcoin is like just squeezing into this big descending triangle. So I'm um, like, it's, it's a bit of an indecision period for me. Um, 
I saw a few guys in the chat say like we've we've broken that trend and that sort of stuff and to like that's people might be seeing that and that's cool that like there's no right and wrong with technical analysis because different people will see different things so um but to me we're definitely well and truly within that trend still so so i've got my four hour support uh, which is the same as my daily support like there's no real difference there in the support level um if you want to get a, a little bit sort of more technical you can um you can zone it up a little bit because at the end of the day like support and resistance are zones they're not necessarily just like a horizontal line they're definitely more zones so you can you can draw it up like that to encapsulate these weeks and that sort of stuff if you want that's entirely up to you um that is actually generally what i'll do but don't get too hung up on it just sort of look at you know support is around eighteen thousand five hundred. you know that's that's how i consider it so so I've got my four hour resistance, um, then I'll find a trend. So that's the trend line that I just had up before. So like to me, the trend's still bearish. We're in this descending triangle. Um, we've sort of just hit the trend line and, and retested at the moment. Um, and we got that that bearish candle forming. It's got a wick to the bottom. When's, when's that candle close actually? How long we got? Um, 10 o'clock. So you got an hour and 15 minutes till the neck, till this candle closes and we form a new one. but it's not really giving me any clear indication. Um, I'm still quite bearish really overall, just because of what I'm seeing here. Like there's, that's, for me to be bullish, I'd want like a really strong breakout um, where, you know, you'd have something like that of the trend and back. And then I'd, I wouldn't even enter along, to be honest, probably until you've cleared that four hour resistance. So like once we're above that, that um, resistance level there, that's probably the first point that I'd, I'd consider being bullish, but everyone's different. That's just my trading strategy. I'm, I'm... I agree. Agree? <laughs> nice, nice. I agree. So just to, just to uh, explain support and resistance a little bit, basically support is a place where um, the, the price will bounce up. So think about throwing a tennis ball on the floor and it's going to bounce off that and what you can see there on that daily support line at the bottom is that it's bounced and then it's bounced right up and then kind of come down and just kept bouncing at that same point, which is around Bitcoin being at about eight and a half thousand where those circles are. And the resistance line is where it seems to be pushing back down. So basically the sellers are a bit strong there. Um, and that's a, a kind of like a range that we refer to as the coin, uh, the price of the, of the coin is moving in between. So that's just basically... Uh, support and resistance. Also, each one of those wicks represents the time frame. So you can see on the top left of Louis' screen there, there's a, a one minute, five minute, 15 minute just up there. Uh, so that screen that he's got on there is a four hour. So each one of those wicks represents what's happened within that four hour time period. And over on the right hand side there, the red box, uh, which is the time left for that candle until it closes. So um, Louis, can you just highlight that where the time on over on the right bit further where the numbers are? Yep. So just there is where uh, how long that candle's got to go until it closes down. So it's got one hour and thirteen minutes and thirty-seven seconds as I speak. So that just gives you a bit of an idea as to some of the basics. Um, the program that Louis is using is TradingView, uh, which is free. Uh, feel free to download or, or have it um, contact the person that got you on this call, and they could send you a link. Um, and put you onto that and you can just have a bit of a play around if you want uh, that doesn't cost you anything and you just um kind of yeah start pressing buttons and see what you can get up to 
Louis. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. You, just when you just when you had your the break and retest, uh, when you've got the retest coming down, do you, would you wait for the next candle? Uh, you know, once it touches uh, your support line there, would you you'd wait for the next candle just to give you confirmation if it, whether it's going to be a long, long or short? So, so you'd be basically waiting to see if it, if it goes underneath the support line, and then you'd probably go short. And if it goes above, talking, if it stays above, are you talking on the trend or up above the four-hour resistance line, just, Darren? As in like just above. It's not on the trend. No, off of the. See, it comes up. Sorry, bro, you're lagging through. Comes up through resistance. Oh, sorry. Not here. That one there. Sorry, guys. That's right. Yeah. So you would just wait for one extra candle. Once once it hits the support line, you just wait for one extra candle to to see which way you're going to go. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably be looking left there. You can see on the left hand side within that trend zone is some wicks. I'd probably be looking for those wicks to clear. Um, so yeah. about where you um, yeah, so that, that zone there, Darren, is probably a bit of a danger zone to enter too early on. So my personal strategy would be to wait until price bounced off the resistance line and then came up and cleared those wicks. So my entry point would be just above them. Louis, well, how do you go with that? I, yeah, I definitely agree. And um, like I've adapted my strategy a lot sort of in the time that I've been trading and I'm, I I take the hit to my risk to reward for that candle close. So I'll, I'll wait much. for that confirmation till I have like a, Sorry. you know, like a big bullish engulfing yeah. or something here. Um, and instead of, you know, entering right off the support level here, like, um, you know, some people are, are fine doing that. Some people are happy doing that. That's fine if that fits your um your risk appetite, then go for that. But but for me, I would take the hit to my risk to reward, and I'd wait for that candle close to, as that extra layer of confirmation yep. that we're going in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and yep. when you're waiting for the candle to close, it's also a good time to journal. So you can set your journal up, set most of your trading trading journal up there. So um you know it's very tempting especially when you're starting out to just jump straight in um but if you've done your analysis properly uh trading journaling is a part of that because as brody says you can't fix what you don't know so um you you need to be journaling so like for example if there's 30 minutes to go on the candle i use that as an opportunity to put it in the excel document that way i've got it documented yeah 100 um yeah and like I said, I've adapted my trading strategy a lot over the years. And the only reason I've done that is because of the journaling that I do. Like I, like I figured out, I used to trade like a lot of, um, a lot of flags, a lot of pennants, a lot of, um, you know, those sort of, those sort of, um, continuation patterns and stuff when we were downtrending sort of, cause we've been in like, I've mastered the shorts lately cause we've been in a, a strong downtrend since like, when was all time high? November, like November Tenth last November, year. Yeah. I pretty much only been shorting. So, I mean, like I, I was trading all of those strat those patterns, like flags and pennants and that sort of stuff. And then sort of since we got down into this zone here, so sort of since June, that's like, they're not as reliable for me because it's not like a clearly downtrending market. We've just had this, this period of consolidation. So I've adapted my strategy again. 
And the only reason I know that is because of my journaling and I saw that my percentage win rate when I was trading those setups wasn't, you know, fa wasn't favorable. So mm. I've just gone back to that. Um, like I'm, I, I said at the start, like I'm a really bare bones sort of trader. I'm essentially just trading like support and resistance again now. Just the break retest. So there's a, a question there um, from Gabriella. Do you use smaller time frames than the one you're trading to fine tune your entry? Um, you can have a look on a smaller time frame, but if your analysis is on a four hour, you really want to be, um, you know, entering on what you see on that time frame. In my opinion, uh, I, I would trade the four hour, have a look on the one hour, and just see if, like, a four hour candle might be green and heading up, but the one hour candle for the last two hours might have in, indeed be telling a different story. So. Um, to answer your question, I would probably jump in just to make sure that it is in fact heading in the direction that I think it's going to go just as a bit of a confirmation. Or uh, if you find something on the one hour, then trade on the one hour and redo your analysis. Yeah, um, I'm the same. Like some, some people call it like sniper entries and that where it's like, if you're looking for a short off the trend and they're trying to pick like an entry after 15, like if I went down to the 15 here, it's not really telling me that much. Um, yep. Like, you, okay, you've set sort of new market structure here. So, you know, you've just set sort of a lower high here. But I mean, at the end of the day, like the, the amount of data that's in these candles here, like if I look at the one four hour candle, that's equivalent to me looking at what's the math 16 of these 15 minute candles. So it's like me looking at that one candle is telling me like it's bearish as opposed to like looking and, and yeah, even on the 15, you look at like the strength of the moves down compared to like the green candles that are pushing up. Like there's just no, like they're big, big red candles, big red moves down, big bear moves down, big rejection off the trend. Like, I'm pretty bearish to be honest, but, um, but yeah, if, if I'm, whatever time frame I'm trading on is where I'll find my entry from. Like I, I used to do sniper entries when I was trading like continuation patterns and that sort of stuff, but I just, yeah, I, I haven't been for the last sort of six months or so, cause it doesn't, didn't help me. So just don't do it. So I just, I'll, I'll <coughs> and that's where like one of the biggest, biggest lessons you can learn as a trader is patience and like waiting for the right setups and waiting for and not jumping into trades too early because to me like going down to those lower time frames um is just essentially chasing trades and you'll end up jumping in too early sometimes and it's just yeah might work for you and if, if you're doing 15 minute scalping jump in on the 15 minute time frame if you're doing one minute scalping jump in on the one minute time frame that's, you know, that's it. But if, you know, if, if I'm trading on the four hour, I'm not jumping in off a five minute candle or a 15 minute candle. Yeah. Um, and it also depends on how long you've got. Like if you're looking to maybe hold the trade overnight or something, you don't want to trade on five minutes. Uh, if you're looking to sit down for half an hour and you're just trying to find something called scalping, then, then you'll trade on a shorter time frame. So hopefully that answers your question, Gabriella. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to show us some charts or is Brenham, Brenham keen to get on? I reckon, <clears throat> we'll get Brenham on. Uh, I reckon we get Brenham on, see what he's got to say. So, uh, Brenham, um, basically, mate, uh, how are you? Can you, tell us where you're can you tell us where you're located? 
Yeah, so I am located in the U.S. of A. Uh, South Carolina is a state, and it is uh, almost seven o'clock in the morning here now. Yeah, nice. And how long have you been with Elevate or trading? Um, so I started trading back in 2020, and um, I've been on and off with, uh, first it was with NBA, and then uh, kind of fell off the rope with that, and then just started charting again on my own and everything and then come back August of this year I've decided well you know might as well go on it go all in on it I uh, never actually like stopped because uh, you know stopped charting or anything like that so the the passion for it never died it's just blew account after account and I got tired of doing it so that's where the change came in yeah and uh, how long you been like you, you've you've been fairly public in the fact that you've been using your um your demo trading for a while but can you talk mm -hmm. us through talk us through why you did that and, and what your experience yeah. with that was so it was uh god probably about maybe a month ago at this point um i had just gotten off of blowing another account and um so i just decided to go back in and just go to the basics basically so I, that's when i designed um i know we have like we have the master class has like trading journals set up in a pdf and everything but I do better if, like, you know, if I make it and I write on it and everything. And um, so I just basically started going back and journaling all of my trades that I would make on TradingView. Um, it was just paper trades. I had a phenomenal success rate with that. Um, let's see if I still have it. All I know is that I think it was 10 out of 12 trades within a two-week period is, was, was what I was hitting. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it, but it's all scribbled out and everything. But um, that that's when I had my most success was when uh, money wasn't involved and um, just learning to trade without emotion, basically. And that's that's one key thing is, you know, when you do this, don't get emotional. It's, it, it will not work out well at all. You just want to trade emotionless and trade off what you see and, you know, just basically what you know and see. And have you found that your um, stress or pressure has changed since you've gone into using real money? Um, it did pick back up a little bit, yes, but nowhere near to the amount of what it was before. Um, so the emotion is a lot easier to control now, and it's a lot easier to identify it. Like, uh, for example, uh, I got stopped out of a Bitcoin trade yesterday on the one minute. It was in the morning. And um, uh, I was ready to go back in and start revenge trading, but you know, my senses came about and it was just like, no, no, let's just stop, sit for a little bit and then see what else happens and just basically just take a break from it. Um, one thing I've found is if you just got stopped out, I personally will never go back into a trade if I just got stopped out without at least waiting about an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Why? Uh, revenge trading, emotions, at least for mm -hmm. me, my emotions are really high right after a loss. Um, yeah. and it's not even like, you know, I'm visibly angry or anything like that. It's just more so stressed out. I'm just trying to make up, um, you know, make up my losses, I guess you could say. So chasing trades is basically what would happen. Yeah. And you're a fan of trading Bitcoin mainly. Yeah. I've been trying to branch out into the other coins lately, just simply because at least over this, the past couple of days, nothing's really, nothing's been happening. Yeah. 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 It's been pretty slack. 
Um, I don't know if you noticed when Louis was sharing his um, his chart that 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 range kind of sits between eight and a half and twenty. Now, what we often get with coins is an emotional dollar value. So, uh, you know, the Bitcoin went right up to sixty six thousand, and it's come down and it's hovered around twenty for some time. So, uh, there's a lot of kind of psychology behind the coin and the price that it sits at because uh, people kind of don't want it to fall too too far beyond 20 uh kind of like if it if it falls below 18 and a half it could it could free fall down to potentially 14 or 12,000 so there's a lot of people in the market that are that are trying to keep price around 20 now if you look at any coin um <clears throat> you can see a lot of price rejection or support resistance or support often sits around a dollar value so when you're taking your trades it's always good to not just look at where um where the line might sit, but also where, uh, as far as a dollar value is that is that line sitting, uh, and it may sit like right above, like or on eighty cents, or it might sit on twelve, uh, you know, ten cents rather than twelve cents or something like that. So uh, that's important to keep in mind if you just started. Um, and Branham, what got you into trading in the first place? Um, it was mainly to start with. It was just trying to find a second source of income. And um, just something to help, you know, provide an extra cushion financially. And um, because I had a coworker who introduced me to it uh, back in 2020, and, um, and that led me just to like reaching or searching on Facebook for like these different day trading groups or crypto groups. And then that's where I met Joel. And uh, the rest of it's just history from there. I reached out to him, and then I got started an MBA. And then because of that, I. You know, I fell in love with the charting and then I started to see, uh, I guess you could say the vision of what could be done with this, a financial freedom that can be achieved if, you know, you stay consistent and put in the work and, you know, do as you should with it. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you that are new to, 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 to us tonight, uh, Joel is uh, kind of the, the, the lead trader in our, in our group um, and a lot of us I uh, have a lot to do with Joel on a, on a daily basis. Joel's always in the chats and active, sharing his charts. And uh, uh, a lot of the people that um, are in this chat came through Joel, but also people who know Joel. So uh, Joel's very significant to us as a group. Um, thanks, man. Have you got anything you'd like to share with respect to trading at all? Or you want to share a chart um, or something? I got one chart. It was EOS. Um, I was looking at it for a potential long last night. <clears throat> But I was very skeptical about it just because of the pure indecision from Bitcoin. Um, EOS on the one hour. Yeah, let, me sh let me share my screen right quick. You got shares up there, Louis? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've uh, enabled screen share. So check it up when you're ready, bro. Oh, God. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I'm on my iPad right now. So if you guys are sitting there with two screens, it's worth putting your trading view up looking at what Branham's doing on one screen and trying to copy it, I guess, <clears throat> uh, on, on your own. So that's what I do when I'm live with the chats when Jason or uh, Brody, Joel, whoever, uh, Phil are running these kind of chats. It's always good to kind of look at what these guys who have already charted it are doing and then go and copy it if you can. Can someone annotate, can one of y'all annotate on the EOS chart for me? Because I cannot figure out how to get my screen to share you got it louis um what do you want me just to chart it for you 
You may. Yeah, I, I'll just tell you like where at least I have my uh, support and resistance and what I'm looking out on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. Uh, anyway. uh, just, just while uh, the guys are setting that up, if you've got a question for Brandon, feel free to unmute, um, throw something up there, and 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 let's have a chat about Brandon. Uh, Lewis, is your screen sharing? I don't know if I can see that. Let's yeah, see. can you guys see it? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I don't know why, but I can't. Um. Anyway, so I had a line at a dollar and seven uh, cent and um and uh the previous structure before that i was looking at an inverted head and shoulders and um a start of a trend on the right shoulder coming out of it um the long initially what i was looking at i was going to wait for the break of that 107 um or a dollar and seven cent resistance and see if price would break hold and you know retest it but it doesn't look like it did um, we have an inverted hammer up on that resistance, right? Or a hammer up on the resistance right now, and then a straight bearish engulfing following it right now or right after it. Um, so that's kind of invalidated as of the moment. But what, um, what time frame were you looking at? Sorry. This one's on the four hour. And then, uh, so there's support at 95 cent, roughly around it. Uh, it's like 94, uh, 21. And the long I was looking at would have been, I was actually doing it based off of EMAs if price would have continued to pump up. Um, so it was an EMA on the hourly. Let me see. Right. What EMAs did you have? I have the 800, 150. Those are the ones that I use. Yeah, so I was looking somewhere in the area of um, like 17 cent for take profit on the long. If price had broken above, I uh, resisted and turned it into support, but it did not. And look like we got rejected off of the dollar and seven cent um, resistance. Could be a double top on that too. Yeah, hundred percent. See what you're saying. Like I, I see the inverted head and shoulders that you're looking at there, and you did have like a bit of a bullish pump out of there, so it was looking pretty hopeful. But um, but yeah, you've just crashed straight into that resistance, and and yeah, it's sort of looking like a double top now. And you look at the um, the strength of these bearish candles as well that you're getting off that resistance level. So, yeah, it's fairly strong. I mean, now, I mean. You know, it probably more likely a short would play out all the way down to a dollar or like 99 cent, but it all is really just based off of Bitcoin right now. Mm. Yeah. And I'll just throw one in. I was charting this afternoon at around um, five o'clock, <clears throat> five o'clock Queensland time, time, which is about four hours ago. And if you look at the last four hourly candles, they've completely turned around. So uh, Brandon was looking at that push through resistance. So, Bluey, can you just indicate that? like four hours ago. So kind of where that, <clears throat> where that dotted line is um, there. So it'll be over to the right just before it falls with that bearish engulfing. So I was charting and it was just sitting just below resistance. And I was, I was some of the charts that I've got to share a bit later, um, kind of look at pushing through. Uh, and then it just turned around with that bearish engulfing. So uh, if you are charting 
like now and then you go to work say and then you come back at 2 a.m like uh, that's my time you could you just need to make sure that you check it like you just need to make sure that you you before you ex execute a trade with money you need to make sure that you're indeed uh looking at it as it stands in the current time so just don't get stuck thinking that what you did four hours ago is still valid so Branham's using the term there, invalidated. So what he saw there is is like no more. Yeah. Yep. And now it would just be, I mean, you know, like I said, it would just be a short down to the previous structure, if anything, now. But it all is really dependent on uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, another handy hint too is when you've when you've got a holy uh, lines on your chart, it's always best to clear it, start again, start fresh. That way you're not biased with something that you've seen previously. Um, and you can also, you can you can use your object tree on the right-hand side on TradingView. If you go all the way to the right and scroll down, you'll see a little object tree icon, uh, which is down there where Louis showing you. Uh, and that way you're able to bring up everything that's on your chart and just hit the eye and just kind of delete what you don't want to see. That way, if you put a line in for a four-hour or a daily uh, resistance line, you might zoom into the 30 minute or something like that. And it's in a different spot because the wicks are different. So it's important that you um, don't overcomplicate a chart and you'll see some of the most effective traders, particularly in Elevate, like Jason Grigg, who's one of our, well, the main guy, he only uses a couple of lines on his chart, which is awesome. I um, I actually really like a challenge. So what I normally do is I turn off the candles like this. And yeah. I just go, I just like to, to go with that I'm like you know where are we gonna go let's let's find let's just guess you know yeah yeah just you look straight. for my name you look for my name like where the lines cross <laughs> it might write damien or something cool I'm like, yeah i just yeah nice. you know, make make it how i make it appear how i want so yeah yeah <laughs> so you can do all sorts of stuff with it and uh so for you guys that are new obviously uh, if you're able to contact whoever got you into this call and you want to learn then the opportunity is there to learn so Trust me, Lewis, myself, Branham, and everyone else in this chat once upon a time sat where you sit, brand new, kind of exposing yourself. Oh, that didn't sound good, did it? Uh, uh, just kind of having a little look around, making sure that you are indeed, uh, you know, this might be for you. Uh, but trust me, it's not as hard as you think it is, and it can get a little easier. So, um, so yeah. Uh, just got to stay consistent with it. Gab yep. Gabriella, just for the record, I've been a dickhead then. I don't trade with the candles turned off. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> You're I pretty mean, good you at that. that. That's cool, but yeah. <laughs> uh, some people do turn the candles off though, uh, just to just to see the line, uh, and that way they're able oh, yeah. to um, maybe get a bit of a just cutting out some of the noise. And that way you might be able to see some support and resistance a little bit clearer sometimes. Sometimes it's a little bit choppy and you can't actually see it. So just turning your uh, line on rather than your candles can be something that you might want to do as a, as a part of your routine. I agree with that. It's, uh, I tried it this morning and it works really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, 100%. Yeah, so it's really good. So, um, you know, strategies, different strategies work for different people. Um, you know, we all see something different. And the joys of our group is that our chat, like, constantly pings so much that my phone goes flat most days in <laughs> mid-afternoon. And uh, it, it's one of those things because, like, Branham's in South Carolina, 
people like Deanna uh, over in the UK, uh, Mix in Singapore, a lot of us in Australia. So it's a worldwide group. Um, so we're constantly got eyes on the chart all day long, like 24-7. So, you know, there's always um, an opportunity for a trade to be shared. There's also opportunities for feedback. And most people just say, hey, what do you think of such and such? And someone usually um, gives some feedback. And it's really great to, to, to have that. Uh, I use it and I'm happy to get exposed and someone say, hey, man, I, I, I'm not really sure. What do you, have you thought about this? And sometimes you can miss something or someone might see a pattern or something to help each other out. So that's what it's all about. We are all about working together. We're all about um, success for each other. Um, and that's such a good culture. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of it. One team, one dream, baby. Yeah, baby. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, all right. So sorry, mate. I cut you off. <laughs> Come on now. Um, <laughs> cool. So I think like from here, like I've, I've intentionally sort of not looked at the charts today just so I can go through and do a bit of a fresh market scan tonight. We'll just do a bit of a market scan while everyone's on here and um, see if there's any setups. Um, I, I had a look at, I lied actually. I just blatantly lied to you all. God, piece of shit. But um, I, I had a look at some charts about 30 seconds before we jumped on here. And I, there's one sort of setup that I'm looking at, but just to address one thing from earlier, someone asked about um, oh, like really? a, a trade plan, what a trade plan sort of looks like. So this is the one, this is a blank template of the one that I use. So um, the details that I put in, um, and, and you might not think it, but it's really important to track like the time that you're putting the trade on um, as well, just because like you, you'll, it, when you review the data, you'll go through and you'll find that hey, maybe you trade really well in the morning, but maybe you're entering shit trades at night, um, you know, or, or vice versa, or, or, you know, maybe you'll find that there's a certain time of the day that you, um, you know, that you, that you trade better. And at the end of the day, like, depending what you want to get from this, like for me, I'm on a journey to replace my wage with trading. I want to be like, I want to trade full time. So for me, like every tiny little detail like that is going to assist me in identifying like how I'm going to be as successful as possible in my trading. So if I find out that I trade better at three o'clock in the morning, I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning every day to trade. Um, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll work around that. You know, it's, it's about building that, um, that consistency and finding what sort of strategy and what sort of conditions you get the best win rates in. So, um, but yeah, this is the sort of stuff that I'll track. So just the date, the time, uh, whatever pair it is. Like I pretty much only trade futures, um, USDT future pairs. So um, time frame, you know, are you looking, are you entering off the four hour? Are you entering off the one hour? Is it a 15 minute trade? Um, and direction, like are you long or short? So they're your initial things. And then like you, your specifics about um, about the trade. So um what what's your entry price what's your take profit price what's the percentage of your stop loss what's your risk to reward how much leverage are you using what's your exit price um and what's your profit and loss percentage um post a picture of the chart when you're in uh when you're in trading view you can you've got the little camera up the top right you can always just like copy the image of a chart or you can um save the link to a chart at any stage um and yeah, you just, you just post a picture of your chart in there as well. Uh, and 
Louis, while you're on that, I might um, I might share mine so that way you can see the difference. So that one comes from the masterclass group. So if you're not in the masterclass, um, you may not have seen that one before. Uh, but here's one that I shared. Um, so if you just give me sharing capabilities, that should be sweet. Yeah, mate. Um, so here's one that I kind of adapted from that. You can see that one, all right? Um, so I've got kind of the trade plan here down the bottom. So I've got my own kind of setup there, some non-negotiables for myself. Um, I don't try to do TA on my mobile phone. I know some people love that, but I just find that it's really difficult to get a full picture. Um, sometimes I'm distracted, so I won't trade unless I'm 100% into it. Uh, sideways price action, unless a really good support resistance level can be um, that can be found. And also when it comes to how much, I'm never going to trade more than 3%. Um, I try and stick with one, but if I'm pretty confident that I might creep it up to two or three, but that's a that's an absolute essential piece of advice. Never trade with more than that. Um, and again, that's part of the education. Uh, because if you're trading with more than that, then, you know, your ability, you're basically the amount of times that you have to win and lose um, definitely is influenced. Uh, there's a couple more there. So things that I'm looking for. Again, I, I'm a fairly simple trader as well. I look for support resistance, a trend, some market structure, fibs and the candles. So I'm not really one to get onto MACDs and Bollinger Bands and all those other things. Um, maybe use them just as an extra confirmation, but it's not something that I really try and try and overexpose uh, things like this. This one's really important. Don't chase trades uh, and also take a photo or a link like Louis said. So down here, I've got the actual journal. So this is just a dummy one. So you start with a thousand bucks, what date it might be, what time, similar to Lewis's, but slightly different. What coin you did, uh, the time frame. So it's a one hour. It's a short, so S or L for a short or a long. What was the entry and exit prices, the risk reward ratio, how much leverage I put on that, and what was my, um, you know, was it green or red? So in this instance, this was negative 6.23. I can click on that link and it'll open up in trading view what it actually looked like at the time. So even though I've deleted it, um, I'm able to go back and have a look at that. And what emotion was I? I put calculated because I thought I'd sound pretty smart if I put that. And then uh, what 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 is it that I actually was looking at and head and shoulder with the late entry. And then I put a note for myself, need to look at setting a position as I entered prematurely. Uh, and then I just gave myself a bit of advice there to jump on the hub and do some more kind of stuff on it. So that's, that's a fairly um, similar setup, but um, at the same time, it's something that, um, you know, that that definitely comes with time and if you want help uh, so you guys that are actually in that can access that document through our traders chat or our diamonds chat so you just go into media files or files or whatever it's called and you can access that there uh, if you're new then talk to the person who got you into the call and say hey can you share your trading plan and, and learn from what they're doing um, so are you guys see you guys yes yeah, sorry mate yeah, we'll throw these we'll throw these templates up in the chat. Um, yes, yeah, sweet. Done, just so anyone can access them that wants them. So, awesome. Um, can you see my trading view now? Yeah. So yeah. I might I might just jump in, Louis, if you're if you're setting a few things up there. Um, so what I've got 
well, like I said, I was charting these up a couple of hours ago. So uh, these look a little bit different now. But basically, I've found this one on ENS. So it's jumped up a lot here. It's kind of ranging. So I'm kind of looking at it to see if it comes up to the higher part of this. Because even though momentum short term is uh, bullish, it may just continue to go that way. So um, what I've done here is just, I'll just change the time frame so you can see it. It's actually kind of coming up from a bit of a bullish push. So it's created a bit of a higher high and a higher low here. And then it's come up here. It's created another higher high. If you if you kind of see it from there to there, up to there, uh, I kind of feel that it's going to go this way. But Lewis is saying he's bearish. I'm a little bit bullish, but um, it's a little bit too early to enter too much at the moment just because Bitcoin's kind of turned around and because Bitcoin's turned around. So is everything else. So these coins will all follow what Bitcoin does. Bitcoin is the boss. So um, I'm kind of waiting for this potentially to create another uh, flagpole here and then come up and hit this previous structure around this area here. So the reason that I've got it there is because of this wick here um, and not going to overexpose it and push too hard. But that's a nice little trade there at 21% if it comes good at a 3% risk-reward ratio. Um, so you guys are welcome to screenshot this over here if you want so you can set up your own and I'll share these ones in our chats. Um, feel free to... Fibs? Oh, my bad. What were the the, fib, the retracement on that last little leg up right there? Oh, so this one. That's a 38.2 if I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Louis onto it. So Fibonacci ratio is something that we use to get a confirmation. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's mathematical ratios along the way. Louis nailed it for 38.2. So oh. look, it may, it may continue down and uh, pull my pants down. But at the same time, it may hit here and push the other way. So it's one of those really ones. Hard, yeah, well, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good with my pants on, actually. Um, so, <laughs> so it might actually just come down here hit the 50, hit the 61, who knows? So I'm just kind of going to ride that one out. However, I am confident that eventually that will come good and it's a nice little juicy 21%er. So uh, three to one, happy days. This one is another one that I found, um, Atom. So I'm kind of waiting for this one. So you can see there I've, I've come in the range. Um, retest scenario would be this one here and the entry now, which was when I was doing it, would have looked like that. So I'm just going to scrap that because it's now changed direction. So I'm going to wait for this one to retest. I'm fairly confident that it, it'll, well, it'll look, if it breaks, it breaks. And if it stays in that zone, it'll push back up. So again, it's a high risk reward ratio trade. So it's a relatively low risk when it comes to, you know, um, what potential it has. So it's one that I'm definitely looking at. So Adam is definitely one between that range like I said, feel free to jump in and ask a question or tell me I'm an idiot. That's Damien, cool. can, I, can I just quickly ask you, can you just uh, bring up your FIBS um, setup so I can take a photo, please? Oh, uh, yeah, mate. Yeah. So we'll go back to this one because it's already on. Oh, yeah, there it is. So you just double click. Try again. How coordinated am I? So... Uh, double click so it just looks like this mate so i've got that set up like that there's a couple of different ways you can go about it but 
I like having the zones um, kind of highlighted. So you good with that, Darren? Perfect, mate. Thank you. I've got a photo. Cheers, mate. No worries. Uh, I'll take a photo later when when Louis on, and I'll, I'll throw that in the chat for you. Uh, but yeah, I kind of I kind of like to use that. I, I've just got these numbers here highlighted in a different color. The lines are a different color purely because that's the zones I'm looking for. Um, and then if you have a look at something called the springboard effect, then board's uh, got a D on it. No, nah, it's all right. It'll find it. Oh, yeah. Bought. Springboard. Yeah, springboard. springboard. Yeah, let's try that again. Sorry, Thanks, Louis. I'm it's glad you're here. You're only shaping the minds of our youth. That's fine. Yeah, don't tell anyone. I, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, can't find it. Look at that. Pull my pants down right in front of me. Um, hang on. Type in springboard effect fibs. Yeah. Lucky you were here. I'm glad. Don't know what I'd do with that. Yeah. So that's just something that you can pull up and have a look at. And this will give you a bit of a better um, idea as to where potentially. Oh, it's not helping me. Look at that. Should have planned it earlier. Anyway, you can Google springboard effect and you can, oh, there it is. So you can see, uh, you know, where potentially these fibs lines may come back to with respect to percentages. So Feel free. You can see how easy it wasn't. Feel free to jump on there and see that happen for yourselves. All right, back to trading view if I can find him. Sorry, guys. Especially with fibs, like there's there's the three key levels you look at. So you got your your um, thirty eight two six one eight and your fifty, um, and they'll just they'll determine the strength of of momentum, essentially. So. Um, if, if you're in a, in an uptrend, you're going to be drawing your fibs, uh, for a low to high, like what Damo's done on his chart there. So you're looking for the, the, um, a little bit of a sell off because at the end of the day, nothing goes up forever, ever. Nothing goes down forever. There always has to be, um, some sort of recovery, uh, for buyers and sellers. So you've had that massive, massive, um, push from the buyers where you've got those big Korean candles getting it up to where it is, and now you expect some sort of sell-off. So what you use FIBS to do is you're, you're looking at those key levels on the FIBS. Um, it's basically magic. That's the only way to describe it. Um, yeah. it's, it's based off the Fibonacci sequence, which is like a key set of numbers, which just, you, if, if you're interested in like the... Um, like the background of some of these tools and that, like you Google Fibonacci and have a bit of a read about the Fibonacci sequence and how often it recurs in um, in everything in life. Like it's one of those those key sort of sets of numbers and and it's it, for trading. It's it's um it's plotted as percentage levels. So you're looking at those key percentage levels, yeah. Um, and trying to determine the strength of the push. So if that if that bounced off the thirty eight two. And kept going up from there that indicates that, that it's a very strong bullish sentiment in the market if that bounced off the 50 that's a moderately strong bullish sentiment if that bounced off the 61.8 that's a pretty weak bullish sentiment but you'll still probably have a little bit of a pump and then if it any sort of went anywhere below that 61.8 essentially you like you disregard the bullish sentiment and you're back to just waiting to see which way the market's going to go i love it when you talk fibs it it, <laughs> it excites me i love it when you fib to me <laughs> stop it it's a family show 
so you can see here what I've done here is I've drawn the, uh, the poll and what I've done is I've just cut and pasted it again. And often what happens is this poll will actually copy itself. So it'll actually push up, it'll consolidate for a while and it'll push up again. So that's, you can see that, uh, that if you look at the springboard effect, a 38.2 rejection will actually come up to the 61, a negative 61.8. And it actually matches perfectly with this poll. So this to me is a trade that's well worth keeping an eye on. Whether or not it happens, I, I, I don't know, but um, it's something I'm definitely gonna, so I've got an orange list, which is my um, my amber alert, not in the same context, but um, it's for me, it's something that I'm always looking at. Well, sometimes you, sometimes you say shit out loud and you think, Jesus, I shouldn't have said that. Um, so disclaimer, not financial advice, and it's a family show, I promise. Uh, so IMX is another one. So again, that's just come down off resistance, found support, bounced twice. It's thought about it, come back. So I'm thinking maybe if this bounces three times, I might just pick it up on the way back up here. Again, it's a 3.17 risk-reward ratio, so it's got plenty of room to move. I like what it is here because it's below the resistance where I've got my target. It's below this wick here, which is always a danger wick when you're looking at a stop loss. The, a stop loss, it's below the support line. So to me, that's another one that's dealt well worth taking a look. I'm going to keep an eye on this. It may not fall. And if it kind of comes up, I'll, I'll be looking probably to clear this area here, which is these wicks just here. Um, and maybe even this guy here could potentially come into, into play just depending on what it does. So there's a few little little... Uh, candle wicks here that could potentially make me reset that or reconsider it, but um, that's just something that I've got going on. Um, uh, this, yeah. Quickly, so Gabrielle has asked a question about uh, oh, yeah. do you usually set one TP or more? So um, with TPs, yeah. I think it's it's pretty important. Like depending what exchange you're on, sometimes they can have slightly different names, but it's it's really important to use a market stop especially with the volatility in um in crypto so if you have a if you have a limit stop order um it's it's probably a bit hard to explain without going into limit orders too much but um if, if you have a market stop essentially and a trigger price when it hits your stop loss level it'll put it'll it'll put an order in the book at whatever the market price is and fill it which might not necessarily be exactly what your trigger price is, but it'll guarantee to fill your order. So maybe maybe you entered the trade and you were gonna lose $10 if it hit your stop loss, but and it moves really, really sharply downwards and blasts straight through your stop loss. It might fill those orders at around sort of $10, $11, and finally close your order at around $12. That's fine, at least you're out of the trade. Um, you've lost slightly more than you're expecting, but at least you're out of the trade. Whereas if you use a limit order, um, at that sort of ten dollar one percent risk mark, say, and it blasts through that price, it just will not fill that order. So you'll still be in that trade completely, and you'll just be going further and further into the red. So if you have, like, I've, I've only ever used one stop loss um, and never not had it trigger, but you just always have to make sure that you're using the right order type um, and make sure it's a market a market stop. So, yeah. Um, and also, yeah, you, you can set different take profits and stuff like that. But I think when you're starting out, it's important just to trust basic analysis, um, you know, step by step by step. But 
sometimes I'll show you one if I can find it. I have drawn up three potential take profit zones. So I'll show you that one in a sec. Uh, this one's a fairly basic. I don't know if I went over this. I can't remember. I've got short-term memory loss. 3.2 uh, risk reward. Again, the stop loss sits below this wick here. The take profit's in line with previous structure. Potentially this one here could be the structure that it's, is concerning. Or that one, that one, that one. So, you know, there's a few zones there that I'd like to kind of keep a bit of an eye on. 19% here is possibly far-fetched, but um, based on where I think the market could go, um, it's one of those ones that I'm interested in. The Litecoin, I'm always looking at Litecoin and seeing what this one does. This kind of coin is the one I, I just enjoy for some reason. Um, if you're looking at this here, you can see the pennant with the red and the green. So that kind of forms, I'll just zoom out so you can see that a bit better. So you can see that this has kind of formed a bit of a pennant trend here. Um, very much easy trading between up and then down again, down she comes. So it's kind of fallen below that, but I'm fairly confident that this line of resistance is fairly strong um, and it could, it could indeed come up here and start uh, here. And I actually think that it may, if we go bullish, even for a little while, it will come back into that. And I actually think it'll keep going through to the north side. So um, again, it's one of these ones. I could potentially move that up to here and take it as it exits the pennant more up here, but then that stop loss would come down probably more down here. So again, it's one of those ones that I'll look at and consider, um, but it's definitely on my list of ones to watch. MKR is one that Joel charted last night. So I thought I'd be courteous to Joel and throw this one in. Uh, he said last night that he was waiting for a retest. So uh, there's retest potential there if it keeps falling a little bit and then you catch it off this resistance well support line. So um, it's one of those ones, the FIB levels, uh, if it, it sits at 50%, so it's kind of attractive that that resistance, uh, sorry, support line sits at 50, um, which is definitely worth watching. Uh, and maybe that's what sparked Joel's interest. But I think when Joel saw it, it was more down here last night. So um yeah it's definitely one that he shared and worth a look uh two more nia is just turned around as i was charting it it's one of those ones that sits with a couple of different um again this one's a little bit more scary in that it's very bearish it's all facing downwards so this would be a counter trend trade so i'm not as convinced on this one as the others so i won't give it too much spotlight and XRP is another one. It's actually sitting between those EMA zones. And it's also sitting currently between a support and resistance zone. So uh, potentially it could swing back up, turn around, break, retest, and then go. Uh, and then again, it could indeed go the other way. So um, that's kind of one of the ones that I was kind of looking at as a little, little bit more juicy than the others. But if I just change my orange list here to my cyan list, there's actually quite a few that could potentially, uh, I was kind of going through these and I got to a point where I was just charting everything because they all look so similar. And so is this stuff you're watching. No, it was just, just stuff I charted up this afternoon. Uh, I'm not necessarily watching that overly heavily because I just don't have time and I've got a life to live. So 
Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> look like it, mate. That watch list yeah. is something else. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I've always got that that really long watch list there, which is all the coins with OKX. That to see that's just so long, it's just disappeared. But this orange list is kind of more my watch list, which is something that I'm looking at a little bit more intently. Yeah. So if you've got a paid subscription with TradingView, you can actually highlight in several different colors and have your own system going. So I'll throw it back to you, Louis, if you got something, mate. Yeah, cool. I'll um. I'll do like a uh, a bit of a scan. Yeah, take a look at ZEC very quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so the one sort of setup that I found just before we jumped on tonight was Neo. Um, I like it as a as a bearish scenario. Um, so when I say like I'm trading sort of support and resistance zones, so what I see here is. Oh, I'll take it back a little bit. So the general rule with support and resistance, um, if you have multiple sort of levels and price comes up, that's resistance, that's support. Um, so it looks something like that. Support. Um, that's resistance. So if price comes up, and test that falls down then we break through that resistance it flips so that resistance is now considered the new support so that's that's your new support level and then um where price sort of finds a level again and you know can't pass or whatever we go back down we bounce around a little bit inside this range you know we've found a new resistance level up here like so um, and then, you know, price gets some traction, pushes up, bang, we break through there. That's your new support now. So support and resistance are considered um, interchangeable. So that's sort of how I, how I look to trade. So um, especially in these sort of consolidation sort of sideways zones. So this trade that I'm looking at here, um, so this was quite a significant level of support, like this whole zone through here. So we've had one touch, we've had market structure through there, market structure through there, more structure through here, more structure through here. We've now lost that that uh, level of support. Prices had a bit of a buy recovery and it's came back and retested it. Um, and to me, it looks like we're rejecting off that level. We've had a pretty big red candle there. Um, look at the size of the red candles compared to the green candles. Like you've got a, a lot of... Um, a lot of volume in these big red candles, a lot of uh, a lot of selling pressure, and like the the strength of these green candles is just soft, it's weak. It's like Damo's moisturized hands. I do like to moisturize. And hey, me too. Who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's sort of what I'm looking at with this setup. So we've um yeah we've lost that support level. Uh, we've had a pretty weak recovery from the buyers and now it looks like we're sort of rejecting again. So, um, yeah, that, that's a bearish scenario that I'm looking at. When um, I don't know if there's like, oh, yeah, there is a bit of structure early on. So if I was looking for an area to take profit, when, you, when you're looking for take profit zones, you're looking for previous structure, essentially. So um, this stood it back when the coin would have launched initially. This is Neo, is it? I think Neo launched way before that. But anyway, like I'd, I'd probably look at like this zone through here as a potential target. 
because we've had um, we've had resistance. It's pushed. It's gone down. It's pushed through. It's found support through there. It's pushed up. It's come down. It's found resistance again. So that's what we consider like a bit of a EQ zone, which is like an equilibrium zone, uh, which is one of those areas that flips between support and resistance. So if I was looking for an area to take profit on a, on a short like this, that's probably where I'd be looking. Um, but I mean, in saying that, that's a pretty that's a pretty long term trade, like because this is on the daily time frame. I found that one on the four hour time frame. So you potentially look at being in that trade for you know a few days. Um, there's quite a few setups that look like that at the moment. So, um, you know, you can pretty much flip through the list. Gee, you've got a long watch list there, Louie. Um, and uh, you can you can you can see a lot of those trades look look the same. What other ones have you seen? I can't remember, mate. It was four hours ago. Um, that's, cool. that's cool. But yeah, there's there's a few. Um. I just was charting up a poor year on there. Like this is looking pretty weak to me as well. Like this is one of those sort of EQ zones or oh, it's, it's support sort of through there support. Uh, we've, we've dropped below that and we're just sort of going sideways below it. Um, so this is sort of, I'd trade that as like a bit of a consolidation zone um, where you can essentially just draw like a box around the price and just track it. Um, and you can look for a short once you drop out the bottom of that consolidation box. Uh, but that's that's not one that I'm definitely overly interested in at the moment. But I'll have a flick through. Uh, I'll just pick some random coins. Just chuck any coins up in the chat as well, guys, if there's anything you want me to have a look at while I'm here. Um, Take a look at ZEC right quick. ZEC? Yeah, I got, got it charted on the, I think it was an hour. Double check. Awesome. What's what's Z E C? I've never heard of that. Z E C. I don't. Z, Z? I don't know. It's something that's always been on the, the top one that I've used. Yeah, uh, so that's so I can already see like that's that's a fairly similar setup to what I was just looking at. Yeah. So you've had that. You've got that level sort of through there. That's a really strong support level too. Um, support through that zone there. Support, support. You know, we've got multiple touches. With support and resistance, with trend lines and that sort of stuff, you, you sort of want at least sort of two to three touches for like um, confirmation. And then anything beyond that just confirms like the strength of that support level. So if you've got something here that's got like five, six, seven touches, that's a that's a pretty strong support level, uh, which means it's a pretty significant level. So if you lose that level um, as support, then that's a pretty strong indication that that, that buying support at that level to prop price up is essentially exhausted yeah so, and if you're if you're looking to um set up your support and resistance always zoom out and the bigger the time frame the more you might see so uh, four hour daily weekly um and you'll see a lot more than what you'll see if it's really up close and that's what comes back to before when i said i try and avoid technical analysis on my phone i might use my phone uh, you know, if I'm out and about and I know and I'm watching something, but I won't do a full technical analysis on my phone. It's just too difficult. That's just my personal opinion because uh, you need to see those zones. And like Louis said, that that is exhausting. So it's dropped below that um, what was support and it's become resistance. So therefore you're looking to, I guess, readjust uh, where your target zones might be. Yeah. And like, look at, like this was sort of supported as early as like, halfway through last year so 
this like that's a really significant level on a coin like this um so yeah so if i was starting this up like that's that's a good pick brennan I'll, i like this is the sort of setup that i that i really love to trade so um so that's where our support level was we've broken that support um you know you've got these wicks down down here so you could look at look at that as a potential sort of target area for a short um we can see i i, I generally always trade with the trend so the trend is your friend sort of rule so you can see that you know we, we're sort of clearly still in a downtrend through here so that's sweet i'm trading with the trend if i was going to short that i'd draw my fibs on and that's like i reckon that's a 50 fibs that one so uh high to low so you're at that 50 so you're at a, at a key sort of fibs level um so that's that's a, another confirmation so when when i was looking at my trade plan earlier uh sorry my trading journal earlier as well there was that box that had confirmations in it um so you're looking for a number of confirmations before you enter the trade so for me we're in a downtrend that's one confirmation um we have lost that support level and we've retested it that's a confirmation uh we've got the fibonacci level which lines up that's a confirmation uh and then we've got like a, a bearish a very bearish candle like that's a big red candle that's forming off that level off that resistance level that's a confirmation so all of a sudden just by looking at this chart just doing this basic ta uh support resistance trend lines fibs i've found four confirmations and that's you know that that fits my trade plan and that fits my criteria to enter this trade um in saying that you always do have to consider the btc bias um which i'll go into in in, in a minute but um but yeah I've, I've found a number of confirmations just off basic ta like i haven't chucked up any you know fancy indicators and filled my chart with stuff like this and so Lewis, just quickly, with with four confirmations, would you still wait for the new candle to or this candle to play out and the new candle to come in? Yeah, I'd be waiting for this candle to close, especially now because it's only fifteen minutes away. You're also you're also potentially Darren if you enter it now and that falls in the next fifteen minutes, like if you got a long on, or it 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 goes up in the next fifteen minutes and kind of wipes that. Uh, thickness part of that candle out i guess and becomes a big hammer then you get you get exposed so it's always best to not trade the volatility within the candle zone um and wait for it to finish so even if it was even if it was only just a minute past you'd still wait for the three you know four hours kind of thing oh uh, no if it was a minute into the four hour you'd, you'd go with it but um like if anything over probably 30 minutes into that four hour candle, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be waiting. Yeah. What do you reckon, Louis? You agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. If that had just started a new candle, I'm not waiting another four hours. Like I would yeah. um, just get amongst it. So <laughs> probably best to put your, put your uh, microphones on mute and unmute yourself when necessary. <laughs> Yeah, someone was doing some Mongolian throat singing for us. And it's really well. Pleasant. I say, I say, it's better to burp and taste it than fart and waste it. But anyway, <laughs> oh yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> Lewis, um, could you run over the market time um, indicator, the session time indicator? Somebody just asked a question. Sorry, Brenham. Brenham's uh, Brenham's bringing bringing some oh, maturity yeah, yeah. back to the chat. 
Um, so, so, so there's a few different ones. There's, um, there's this market maker session times, which a lot of people use, um, that just sort of colors the background of the chart. So I, I, yeah, I don't really want to fill your heads with too much shit. This is just something that I, I can, I take into consideration, uh, when I'm, when I'm looking for setups, get out of the way, all this stuff. So this will, um, just shade the background of your chart with, um, with the different market times. I forget which is which, uh, cause I don't really use this one. I know a lot of people use this one cause it just covers the background. Um, but the one that I like to use, oh God. How did you get to that Lewis? How did you bring that up? Can't you double click it and it, it changes the way it's formatted? Uh, yeah, you, well you can click on the, all your indicators will show up the top here and you can just click yeah. on the cog up there. So it's, yeah. you can change the colors, but it doesn't tell you which one's which. Which I don't really like. I know like. the red one's the US session. That's yeah. not the only thing. Yeah, yeah red's yeah. red's US. That's the I think Asia's I think Asia's green. Um, um yeah, to me to me I had it on for a, a, about a week and I got it, it's my brain can't handle it. I'm a simple dude. So um <laughs> it's probably just best to put it like I, I find it's easier just to have it on a piece of paper beside where you trade. And that way you can kind of have that. So if that, you want so to that use one it. with the with the shaded backgrounds, this market maker session times, um, and the authors trade travel chill. Um, but the one that I prefer to use if I'm going to look at look at this sort of stuff is this FX market sessions, because it tells me it's it's for simple people like me. Um, and it's it's quite interesting if you go through and, and have a bit of a look at this stuff. Um, whether you want to take it into consideration with your trading or not, it's entirely up to you. But um, you'll notice how the market moves particularly sharp at session open times. Um, so like, you know, we'll, we'll go back a little bit. Like um, there's, there's a few rules around it. And like, you know, I think it's like London sets the trend. New York continues the trend. Um, so they've continued the trend then it's just gone sideways. Then we've gone into Tokyo. They've had like a pump as soon as that trend's opened. I've gone back into New York and they've reversed the trend. Like you've had this big dump as soon as the New York session opens. Like it's, it's, if you want to get into it, it's a, it's another rabbit hole. Um, would that, would that, um, show dead zones as well? Trade travel chill, whatever Annie, I think her name is, she mentions about dead zones a lot. Yeah. So your dead zones. That, your dead zones are just weekends essentially awesome. um, yeah. because like with the market crossovers and that sort of stuff through the week i don't know if this one actually does show dead zones um no i don't think it does but with with your with your trade travel chill one um you get like these these gaps here uh are the weekends essentially because it's all based off like forex market times um which only operate monday to friday so so you look at like how, how much price moves during the week and on like weekends generally it goes sort of pretty sideways or you know it doesn't have these big big sharp moves like we get during the week um stuff like that like the big bits of volatility like a lot of it's sort of just sideways action during the weekends you had a bit of a dump there before the end of the weekend but like a lot of them will just go sideways like weekends are generally pretty pretty boring to trade, so um, unless you're on like a scalping strategy or something, but 
but yeah, don't like I, I I won't go into that that shit too much. Like it's just something to consider. Like I, I would would have just checked that um to see if we're close to like a session time or something. And if we're not, sweet, I'll just go by what I see. Um, you, pro- you guys probably noticed that the trade slows down. The trade is chat slows down on the weekends. Um, my advice would be to use your weekends as an opportunity to just go and be yourself. Uh, I know myself sometimes I, I need to walk away. I need to give my children some time or whatever. Um, so I personally try come around Saturday, Saturday mid mid morning. I'll shut it down and, and, and jump back on maybe Sunday night maybe even Friday night, I'd, I'd get off it and just, just walk away from it because you do need a bit of a mental break from it if you if you are on it too much. Yeah, you'll just burn out mm. and then you'll get stressed um, and then you'll start losing trades and then you'll be like, oh, what the fuck's wrong with me? So you'll start trading more, trying to figure out what's wrong and then yeah. you'll trade worse <laughs> and then you'll be like, man, this is fucked and then you want to quit and then it's, that's the, it's a ruthless, ruthless cycle. So you need, you definitely need to realize that you need to step away sometimes and just like take a day, take two days, whatever, refresh, go and paper trade for a week, go and go and learn a new strategy, go and learn Forex, go and see how much of the Pornhub catalog you can get through in a 24 hour period, whatever you want to do, that's fine. <laughs> but step away <laughs> sometimes, it's important to step away, so... Hey everyone, that's just a snapshot into Lewis's week. <laughs> that's my, yeah, that's just personally how I do things. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll touch I'll touch on a couple of other things quickly. Um, and then I think we might call it a night because we've already had you guys for an hour and a half. So yeah. Um, and I'm getting a bit a bit sleepy too. I'm a sleepy boy. So, um, if if I was entering a trade like this, uh, in a short position. Uh, and I was getting in now when I'm setting a stop loss um, there's a couple of different options so if it goes back above that resistance level I essentially don't want to be in that trade anymore um, so what I can do is put my some people will have it tight on resistance um, same thing like through tracking my trades I find that I found out I got stopped out a lot when I um, had really tight stop losses like that so the safer option would be to have it above the wicks um, that, are, that are above that sort of level there. So you could have it a bit, bit higher. Um, or if you want to be like super extra, super duper safe, uh, you can use like FIBS levels as well as indicators. So you could have that up above that next FIB level if you wanted to really sort of um, give yourself a bit of space, a bit of breathing room. Uh, and then when you're looking at like a, so it's entirely up to you and entirely up to your risk appetite. Uh, obviously the higher you go with your stop loss, you're killing your risk to reward. So depending what your minimum risk to reward is, if you, you know, you're not going to enter without a two to one or a three to one, that's something else you have to take into consideration. So, um, but for me as a bare minimum, I would clear those wicks, uh, if I was sort of getting into this trade now, and then there's like a take profit. You can sort of do what Damo's done. Oh. And you can sort of do what Damo's done where you can have a sort of a few areas you watch. So for me, like that, that would be like an ideal take profit at that, at that previous support level, if that went all the way down there. Um, and then you can sort of manage the trade as you go, if you want to, like you could, so, you know, we've, we've had a bit of structure 
uh, through through here we had like a bit of support through here we had a bit of support it's not going to give you much profit and you've also had a bit of support through there so you could have like um, a managed trade zone through there and you could have a managed trade zone through there with your overall take profit there so what some people like to do is take partial profits as they go so some people might pull like you know 50% of their 50% of their position out um, at that first level um, and then they might pull 25% out at this level and then they might pull 25% out right down the bottom at that um, overall take profit level. So you, this is the sort of stuff you gotta stuff around with and figure out what works best for you. Um, and also the, um, you can set alerts if you got, again, a pro version, which is only 15 bucks a month, roughly US. Um, you yeah. can throw that, that up and you can put on those dotted lines that Louis just deleted, you can put yourself a little uh, alert and that way you don't have to sit there and watch it. Like your phone will ping and if you've got it on an email setting or something, um, you just set it up like Louis is doing now and, and it, it'll just tell you when it's crossing that zone. You can jump on, have a look and happy days. Um, yeah, you can set multiple of them if you want. Like you can have another yeah. get rich zone, I like to call them. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Jasper, can I ask you, you, you've asked me to show that, that trade again. Are you happy? Do you want me to show it or do you want, are you happy just looking at my? Um, I'm, I'm okay looking at the link, but um, okay. yeah, I just sweet. have a question on the Fibonacci. Yeah. Yep. Are you yeah, showing? Uh, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, if you start sharing, yeah. it'll just kick me off. So just chuck it up. Yeah, sweet. Thank right. you. How's that, mate? Yeah, because I see that you uh for this is a uptrend, so mm -hmm. um you are taking the previous low to the previous to the latest high for the Fibonacci. Yeah. Um, so basically, when the, yeah. So yeah. because I want just want to clarify that um should we use the latest high to the previous high to the latest low for uptrend and for uh, the other way? Yeah. Because some people will see fibs in a different way. So what I do with mine is that I, I'll choose the zone where it pushed from and then choose the zone where it rejects, basically. Yeah. Uh, so if you come over here and I just do a new one, then uh, I'll choose this this wick here. And yeah. and then maybe if I'm looking at this here, then I'll, I'll just choose that. And you can see that that didn't come down to the 38.2, yeah. that one there. So it, it just depends, like I could draw it different to, to the way you could draw it and the next person. So, um, you know, it's important to not kind of overexpose it. Like, for example, you don't want to start there. I mean, you can and then come up to here. I mean, you could, but it's kind of a bit choppy through there. So it's almost, I try and choose the point of least resistance. So, um, you know, you can see that it's kind of just, um, formed a bit of market structure there so I'd, I'd just go from there to there in that instance right does that because, make sense because i want to clarify like because you are using the previous low to the latest high for uptrend because yep. what i have learned is we should always use the latest high uh the previous high to the lowest uh, latest low for uptrend so for downtrend, we should use the previous low to the latest high. So, yep. So right now you're using, if let's say you were put, 
over here, but I think that the for this is more to downtrend that you are going to use for for this uh, FIP. Yeah, well, Fibonacci can be used both in an uptrend and a downtrend. Right, so right. Um, you just it just depends how you draw it. So on an uptrend, you draw it from the bottom up, and for the downtrend, you draw it from the top down. So an example of that um, might be something like this. Okay. So let's just say that I'm going to look at that one. So let's just say that all of that to the right doesn't exist. And I'm drawing it so you can see how I've drawn it there. And I'm looking for it, for it to come up here, for example. It didn't. Um, so, so sometimes Fibonacci doesn't apply, you know, like uh, it doesn't it doesn't reach those zones. So therefore, you may not use that as a form of confirmation. Um, but yeah, so on the downtrend, you'd start there and you draw the wick down to there. Mm. Does that does that does that make sense? Mm, I think just maybe different uh, viewing of the Fibonacci levels. <laughs> yeah, well, it could it, like I said, it could be, and how you draw it and how I draw it may be two different things. But um, right. you know, this 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 purpose of these calls is really just to, to be to be done in conjunction with the education that we're all got access to. So it's mm. important that you kind of do your own uh, research and 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 see what works for you and how you apply the drawing. For example, I might draw a trend line, and my trend line and your trend line may look slightly different. You know, so um, mm. my my area of resistance and your area of resistance may be different. So it's just one of those things that, um, again, whatever works for you and whatever your like your interpretation of the education and your application of that. Right. Uh, thank uh, you. Damien. You're up, mate. Yeah. So is there anyone out there that has any questions or anything they quickly want to do like three four minutes um i, I realize that lewis and i've kind of soaked this chat a little bit and we'll try not to overdo that next time but we just needed to start somewhere um and we just really want to throw it out to you guys a little bit more to try to get involved and, and and even though we kind of promised that we are ad-libbing a little bit but um, you know, next week we'll make sure that if you've got something to add with respect to you wanting to share a chart, hopefully by then there'll be a little bit more movement as well. Uh, is anyone that wants to throw their microphone on and ask a question about something? Just quickly, mate, the other day you said about um, you thought there were 30 days left until we hit bull market. What, what, what made you say that? Uh, that was Matthew Setia that said that. Uh, that wasn't necessarily me. Um, I was kind of, if I'd said that somewhere, it's because he said it in one of our chats. Um, that wasn't me. So, um, yeah, I, that's yeah, that's not my quote. No one knows. It's pure speculation. At the end of the day, you need to just yep. keep your head to the ground and see what's happening. Like, I think a lot of the people who are making predictions about when the bull market's going to start is. Uh, um, basing it off previous market cycles uh, and the length of previous bear markets and that sort of stuff. Uh, you look at every previous bear market the crypto's ever had and they're all significantly different in duration. So that's not a really good factor to go off. Um, and then like you look at the current economic climate compared to any other previous bull market that we've had and we've never like, we're, we're in a recession. We're going into a recession. Um, and you'll hear it announced in the next sort of month or so, next two months, three months that they'll announce, especially US is in a recession and the economy is going to be in for 12 months of brutal pain. And there's never been, there's never been a crypto uh, 
bear market or bull market or any crypto market essentially that's gone through like a big economic downturn so who knows what that is going to breed for the current you know for the current crypto no one knows like you can't say crypto bull market starting in 30 days fucking load your guns let's go baby yeah Get everything going well, like it's it's no one knows it's pure speculation so and there's a very strong chance that at the moment we feel like it's going to get bullish it's going to turn around and make us all look like idiots so my advice would be don't ever invest too early um and gather your artillery now while the market's ranging and going down because if you can if you can work out how to do it now and you need to tell your friends this that are, are somewhat interested learning is the time to learn is now so that when the bull run comes we're we're prepared um and the best thing about it is you won't have to go too far for the news that potentially we've turned around because it'll be all over our chats so that's a win yeah 100 like you're in the you're positioned in the right place at the right time the um i i i personally think i'm, I'm just going to share my screen again um i personally think we could be close to a bottom uh but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to go up from here because every single altcoin you look at has gone um has gone down 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 and now it's starting to go sideways like every single old coin i could click on any coin in this list on the daily chart and it will look like it's gone sideways for a little bit like you look at the volatility on the downwards move and now they're all starting to go sideways some of them like if you the trend lines are a bit messy but you know you try and draw trends on some of these from the all-time time highs and some of them are broken their downtrend um and they sort of started to look like they're going sideways that's a really poor example um the angle, the angle on the downtrends are definitely slowing. It's a, it's a smaller angle. Um, it's less intense. So it, it's a consideration that the, the bottom might be upon us. And again, because Bitcoin's hovering around 20, um, you know, it's one of those things that you, that you may be thinking that that psychology is that, you know, the momentum is going to come and, and turn it around. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, who knows, but, you, you understand how to read a chart now you understand you know what to look for when you're changing from a bullish market to a bearish market like it's it's purely market structure which is one of the things i should have explained at the start um so if, if we're talking about like a, a bullish market we're looking at like market forming new market structure going up if we're talking about a, a bearish market structure we're talking about like um forming new market structure on the way down when we say market structure, we're looking at the lows and the highs. So you've got a low here, we've set a new high. You set a higher low because this low here is, is higher than the previous low here. Then you've set a higher high because this high here is previous, higher than the previous high. Then you've set a higher low and so on and so forth. So when we're talking about market structure, like that's, that's the market structure that indicates you're in a, a bull market and it's the exact opposite for a bear market. So you've got, you've got your high, You've got a low you've got a lower high you've got a lower low lower high that indicates you're in a you know a bearish market market's going down you've got your downtrend on top trend down in a bullish market you got your trend line underneath god they're the worst trend lines i've ever fucking drawn in my life um but yeah that's that's when we talk about market structure that's what we're talking about so so when um you know when you're looking for that confirmation of a bull market you want this market structure on like a macro on on a macro scale so like on the daily time frame 
if there was any, if it was looking like there was any significant change in trend, you'd you'd have a few days, maybe even a few weeks of this. Mm. Where it was yeah, you definitely, to... you definitely don't want to take it on the first step up. You yeah. you want to you want to wait for that because if it is in, indeed the bull run, there'll be plenty of opportunity. Yeah, and if you take it on the first step up, that's what nine times out of ten, that's what they call sucker rallies where it's mm. like you've had your market going sideways or it's going bearish for a long period of time. And then you have like a really volatile move up and everyone's like, and that's when everyone's hopium kicks in. That's when everyone's emotion floods the market. And they're like, fuck yeah, end of the bear market. Let's go, baby. We're all going to the moon. Big yeah. bull rally. Everyone gets in and it's like liquidity grab, bang, dump. And, and if you stick, if you stick to your analysis, you stick to your 3%, um, you know, your, th your three to one or four to one or whatever you trade on, you stick to that and 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 you continue to take green then that's a win you're in the you're in the bull market and you're doing what you're supposed to do and that's profit just one more question just yeah. one more quick question just before you mentioned about um whatever the alts do look at btc to see what's happening mm -hmm. do you look at that on specifically like the four hour chart or if you were trading the 15 minute are you looking back at btc within the last 15 minute or like in what time frames do you look back on btc to see what's happening do you know what i mean oh, i can pretty much do it i just do a direct comparison so if i'm trading four hour i'll look at what bitcoin's doing the four hour i'll always start with bitcoin on a weekly daily four hourly hourly before i do anything I'll always start by charting that and looking at what it's doing to try and get a bearing of the momentum. And then I, when I jump into the altcoins, so let's say I'm going to trade on a one hour, which is what I usually do. Um, I will be checking definitely what Bitcoin's doing on the one hour. Yeah, much the same. Like, if, like I'll, I'll chart Bitcoin on a four hour because there is a little bit of a delay sometimes. Like it's only like the, the alt market will dump instantly if Bitcoin has moves like this. Um, but if, if, the, if Bitcoin sort of slowly trickles down, say like this movement here, where it's like slowly trickling down, sometimes that alt market, like the alt market will probably be pulled down as well. Nine times out of 10 it is. Um, but it will generally be like a bit of a delayed response. Um, so it's these sort of big volatile moves where you'll just like get absolutely wrecked in any old position unless you're short. Um, whereas you, you'll generally have slightly more breathing room, more time to breathe if it's like a bit of a slow bleed like that. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's been actually quite interesting to look the last sort of three or four months because there's a few alts that are running independently from Bitcoin. I don't know if you guys have noticed, like, um, and look, eventually you would, eventually there will be a time, I genuinely believe in crypto where alts will operate independently from Bitcoin, but the only reason they don't at the moment is because of like the total amount of money that's in crypto. So like your um, your total crypto market cap, where are we? Total crap, the total crap. <laughs> um, so you got $897 billion in the entire crypto space at the moment. That's how much money is in all of the crypto space. Um, Bitcoin dominance is sitting at around 40%, 40, you know, somewhere around 42%. So 42% of that, we'll say $900 billion um, for the sake of me rounding up. So what's that? You've got uh, fucking 10, so $360 billion alone just sits in Bitcoin. 
So for Bitcoin to move 5% down, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money that's moving Bitcoin. And that's why the alts tend to follow because like there's, there's nothing else that comes even remotely close to the market cap of Bitcoin. So if, if there's money coming out of Bitcoin, if, if that Bitcoin, if Bitcoin's dumping, then you can expect the alts to follow. And that's why that's the reason why we look at Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin before we chart alts is because it, it dominates the crypto market cap significantly. There's nothing else that even comes remotely close. So well, yeah. what's, what's Ethereum? Like Ethereum only sits at like 18%. So it's not even half of Bitcoin's market cap. So between like between these two, between Bitcoin and Ethereum, like there's, you know, there's 60% of the market. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's why we chart. Um, and then you've got like the others, dominant, other dominance. So, so altcoin, this is others dominance is just altcoin dominance. So altcoins only take up 12% of the total crypto market cap. So at all of the alts combined. So that's outside of Ethereum and Bitcoin. You've got, what did we say? So 12% of 900 billion. So you've got like, say just over a hundred billion dollars in alt so i mean it's it's bugger all really so that's just yeah that's why we consider that sort of stuff guys uh we may have to wrap it up because we started with about 40 and we got about 25 so people are falling asleep on the keyboards and pressing leave so uh <laughs> we might just um wrap it up there like i said i apologize apologize that lewis and i've kind of dominated this chat with brennan but um it's one of those things that we, you know, this is our start of our Tuesday night hangout. So we'll do this each week. Um, hopefully you got something out of it. And, um, you know, it, it won't always be this, like it, it'll next week, it'll look like something else. Next week, we've got Valerio jumping on all the way from Melbourne. Um, so he's going to uh, be our guest next week. Uh, and by all means, you guys, if you've got questions or anything, you're well, like that have come from this chat that weren't answered tonight, feel free to ask. But also, uh, if you've got something that you want Lewis or I to address in our kind of um, first 10 minutes spiel per se, then feel free to drop one of us a message and, and, and we'll try and get to whatever it is that you have as, as a question. Or, you know, you're welcome to use our traders chat to ask anyone else. Like, we're, we're not necessarily experts. We just, uh, we're just having a dig. So, um, Thank you for jumping on. Thanks, Louis. Thank you, Damo. Thank you, everybody, for, for being here. It's um, and, uh, a good turnout. And... Yeah, and a big, big thanks to Branham for waking up and um, jumping on and sharing his little bit of a story. And, uh, mate, looking forward to seeing what you come up with and where you go. And uh, I know you're killing it. You're, you're a massive asset to our group, mate. So thank you so much. Appreciate y'all for doing this. <clears throat> no drama. So, uh, yeah, good night, everyone, and uh, enjoy your week. And if you are new and you're still here, then congratulations. Uh, get in contact with whoever brought you in, but I'd say you're gone. But, uh, yeah, by all means, uh, make contact with that person who invited you and find out more about how to get involved. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Cheers. Thanks, everyone.